How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. To done. Watch out. Oh, oh what are you doing? He threw him out of the ballgame. you got to be paping me. What in the hell are you doing? What are you doing, Wagner? You gotta be kidding me. That is so bad, that is absolutely brutal. That's incredible. That is unbelievable. I'll tell you what. They have got to start making guys be accountable. That is totally absurd. That just tells you he has blue. Here's an umpire in the American League knows nothing about the game of baseball. That's unbelievable. We have always had problems with this guy right here. Welcome in, welcome back. Saturday Suckage, Mark Rohde, Steve Rosenblum. We're with you on Chicago Sports Radio 670 Score. And that is the walk-up to our pandemic segment. What are you doing, Wegner? Where we just take a look around and see what people are doing during their pandemic. And Mark and his friend Brian Mitchell have started Let Me Put a List Together podcast and last week we were talking, was it Summer Songs? Was that the topic last week? That was. That's the one that uh, dropped this week that is airing right now. Yeah, the uh-huh. top Summer Songs. In our case, we, we challenged ourselves to make sure that Summer was actually in the title to help us narrow oh. things down a little bit. But you can check that out. So let me put a list together. And we will go into the studio this next week our next podcast will drop on t- every tuesdays when we do these and it will be this is going to be probably one of the most challenging lists we've done today and that is top 10 stand-up comedians of all time oh. it's so hard because there's so many great classics and then there's so many really talented stand-ups right now that are becoming superstars and netflix has just made that business boom course pre-covid when there could actually be crowds but this is going to be hard so that's what's coming up on uh, let me put a list together is there a war for comedians when the you know what wins above replacement do you have do you have that um jokes that's above a good idea i mean that's the only way to compare generation to generation right if you have the same kind of um people who didn't see um you know people didn't understand don rickles um comparing him to Jerry Seinfeld it's two you know two different acts two different generations and it's really and, hard yeah uh, so I'm I you know a- Alan King Alan King might have been the Lou Gehrig of 
I, it was just spectacular between the, the Ed Sullivan show, kids, ask your parents, and Alan King was was spectacular at, at what he did at doing stand-up, and he played the big rooms in Vegas. He was that kind right. of guy, too. So, and how do you juxtapose um, that? Jar, with, jokes, you know? ab- jokes above replacement. How do you juxtapose Yeah, jokes above replacement. I like it. And then the guys like today, like the... The, the Bill Burrs of the world and some of the, the hot young comedians that are out there, it is, it's going to be really hard between the classics and those of now. And then those, those guys that are like kind of in the middle, like not in the middle, like Jerry Seinfeld's towards the top of the list, of course, but I mean like age-wise and like relevance, he's still very relevant with his, with his Netflix show, Comedians in Cars Having Coffee, and then just having done a Netflix special of his own. So stay tuned. That'll drop on Tuesday. We'll see if we can do it justice. That's a great topic. That's a really good topic. I keep going back to what I've seen recently. I saw the Seinfeld one, and I loved him. I mean, I remember and growing up in L.A., if you went to the improv or you went to um, – you, the, the comedy stores there, and you were there at 11 o'clock at night, you never knew what or who was going to show up. And there was Jerry Seinfeld, and there was Richard Lewis, and and there were, all of a sudden, Freddie Prinze shows up. Freddie Prinze mm. is Chico and the Man. He's, yeah. he's established. He's well beyond this. But he couldn't stand to be in the delivery room. He couldn't wait in the labor room. He was not with his wife. He needed to go. He had so much nervous energy. He went and did, a, did an hour of stand-up that delayed Jay Leno for an hour. I, it was just, that's the kind wow. of talent that was going through, and they could all be, you know, you could argue, but they, they could all be on that list, and all I keep coming back to is Dave Chappelle. I don't know uh-huh. how you, the, the combination of funny, honest, socially relevant, I don't know how anybody beats that. It's just so much more, for me, impactful as much as I love Seinfeld's observational comedy because he's so right on it always has been I don't know how anybody's better than Chappelle you know there's three guys who I think can be that often gets considered the goat of stand-up comedy and I think Chappelle is the latest to make his way into the picture with these two guys and that would be Richard Pryor and George Carlin, when people uh-huh. really think about the greats of all time. But, yeah, I mean, Seinfeld's got to be in the picture. Um, how about Sebastian Maniscalco? I mean, he, he is, he's, he's hilarious. I don't know if he's yes. done enough. The volume is there for him to be considered one of the greatest of all time, or in the top ten, but he's, he's making a case. Mark Marin, um, you know, there's so many, so many guys. But, yeah, I think Chappelle, spot on, man. I mean, he, he is, he is he has worked his way into the team photo for greatest stand-up comedian of all time. Yeah, I think the other two you mentioned are really. I mean, I grew up with them. That was that was my wheelhouse. That was my meat era, and they were spectacular. And and wow, so you're going to need a others receiving votes category for this one, I think. We talked Is, about that. We, we talked about that. Yeah. Like Brian, Brian and I got together. He was actually in town yesterday. We got together and we said, I don't know how we're going to do this because there's going to be so many we're going to leave off. And we said, you know what? This is where we do a, a whole honorable mention list after yeah. we do. Or, right? I mean, you just have yeah. to um, because yeah. there's just so many. Yep. So let me put a list together is the name of the podcast. And we talked about, I had an idea last week um, that, about private investigators. 
greatest greatest PIs, and you were you know whether it was TV or TV and movies or whatever. I still like that idea. It was underscored by uh, Joe, my wine guy at, at Trader Joe's, and he just mentioned Philip Marlowe. He said, "Look at everybody who's played Philip Marlowe," because I mentioned my greatest PI is James Garner. He was Rockford, mm-hmm. and Rockford was the coolest man. And then I looked up the people who have played Philip Marlowe, Raymond Chandler's terrific PI, and James Garner was one of them. And he did it, and he featured. It was featured in a movie that Bruce Lee does a kung fu exhibition. But part Philip Marlowe has been played by Bogey, Elliot Gould, and Robert Mitchum, as well as James Garner. So there you go. Wow. I'm just and James Caan. So there, you, there you go. Just an idea. Um, and uh, as far as what are, what are you doing, Wagner? This is an anniversary that Studs excited about. Twenty-seven years ago today, right, Studs? I am excited about this. Wasn't you the? Was wait? Did I miss? <laughs> are the, you asking somebody Steve if you're excited it? about it? <laughs> somebody mentioned it. Wait, was it Grody? Grody. Mentioned it? Grody was. I'm the one who Grody. mentioned it. Yeah. I was. Oh, I was man, three. Sorry, I was three I, years old when this happened. So like, I know of it, but I, it's hard for me to get super excited about it. I was okay. informed well, by sorry, I had the sports. Wrong, I had the wrong information. Yeah. Guys, I was informed by uh, I was tipped off by sports historian Dan Dorfman on this because he that's what he does. Like he he has all this information, my guy Dan Dorfman, and he let me know, and I was like, oh yeah, 27 years ago today. And don't we have some audio of what happened there, Adam? Pass waving for BJ to come back, and Michael flips it in to BJ back to Michael. Michael, 11 seconds across the timeline, he comes, goes to Pippen. Pippen runs down the lane, dumps it out to Horace, packs him for three! Yeah! 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 Pippen for three! Three and nine, ten seconds left, and the Bulls lead 99-98. That's the John Paxson three. Let me set it up for you. The Bulls trailed Phoenix 98-96. Jordan to Pippen to Grant to Paxson. 14.4 seconds to go, and Pax makes that shot with 3.9 left. Pax then jumps into the comfortable arms of Scott Williams, and uh, it should also be noted that Phoenix really choked that game away. They had missed six of their last seven shots up to that point, so obviously there was a required make by Paxson, but Phoenix was kind of just like, here you go, take the game. And the pass from Horace, the assist from Horace, came because he had missed nine straight shots in games five and six. He was 0 for everything since game the end of game four in that series in 93. And he had a layup. He had a bunch. Yes. He was in the low post, and he was so afraid to miss yet another shot, he threw it 22 feet away to John Paxson and let Pax take the three-point shot. That's how that played out. And then Horace blocked KJ's uh, shot on the drive or blocked his, his move on the drive and that really ended the game and the Bulls had their three-peat and that's a, so it was Paxson's was a three for three. That was the anniversary 27 years ago today. 45 years ago today. Mark, we have another mm-hmm. anniversary. This is Go. a movie anniversary. You're going to need a bigger boat. You're going to need a bigger boat. Jaws. Oh, I, released today. Oh, Jaws. 45 nice. years ago, you're going to need a bigger boat. Yep, that was, and if you think about it, you look back on it, 
if you and Brian ever do a let me put a list together of summer blockbusters, this is number one. This oh seems God, to be a, great idea. a lot of people trace that to that. That movie is what happened. And and it was summer and Murray Hamilton played the mayor who prized money over safety, which kind of sounds familiar these days, the way politicians are handling certain problems. And so there was the shark and Bruce the shark. And it was a brilliant, just Steven Spielberg's brilliance. And, and they just, it was a terrific cast. And you're going to need a bigger boat. I love that you mentioned that Jaws. I hadn't thought of that. That Jaws set the template for the summer blockbuster. And I'm trying to think of what would be... Because that's actually... That is a great idea for a let me put a list together list. And I'm thinking, like, wasn't E.T. in that category? I want to say, like, back in the day, the Indiana Jones movies were were kind of... In terms of, like, promotional items, set, set a set a blueprint for summer blockbusters probably a star wars or two but that's that's fascinating yeah i'm not so you started off by listing all the spielberg movies anything <laughs> i didn't spielberg even think about touches, that they're all that way um well I there's a list right there released. yeah greatest spielberg movies uh, i don't know when they were released one of the ones you were mentioning but yeah they all could be that and i'm not sure why i et is a movie that, that I I would I still tear up at at the end when Henry and and ET touch fingers, Henry loses his friend. I still tear up at that. It's amazing because it's like really, when you watch it now, you're right. It is it is emotional. It's like ET was a dog. You know, he was like a pet. He was just like this, was. this precious pet, and then he lost his pet. So it is heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, as we look around, what are you doing, Wagner? We have some poetry from one of the cubs. This is one of the my diva's two secret boyfriends. In this case, it's Wilson Contreras. He tweeted this out. A week come, a week go, time goes, and nothing close. Poetic. <laughs> Okay. Poetic. Go on. About baseball is that negotiations. It? Is that that's, just the first stanza? That's the, well, that's, no. That's the first tweet. We don't do stanzas anymore, Mark. We just oh. do tweets. And Was that iambic pentameter or? I, I'm not counting feet, iams, or anything. I, it was just, that's what it was. And that was Wilson Contreras. And that's what he decided, that's what he decided to do. Um, Gary Sheffield Jr. had a wonderful, I love this, from last week when you, there's so much has gone on, you forget that, I think it was last weekend when we were broadcasting, or shortly after we got off the air, it was, tell us where, tell us when. Right, the the players had rejected everything. But meanwhile, nobody ever rejects everything all the time. But Gary Sheffield Jr. tweeted out, waiting on an Astros player to tweet, tell us when and where the pitch is coming. <laughs> Keeping alive, I love that. Keeping alive, the Astros hate you. Might there might not be any be any fans, but we're still gonna hate you for what you did. I just love that whole idea. Um, did you? I, have you heard of the Rocky Mountain vibes? This sounds like no. a team that Matt Spiegel would love. Good vibes. Yeah. 
Well, what they've that. done with their outfield, and now Mistwood Golf Course in Romeoville have started doing this. For those of you who missed the movies, the Rocky Mountain Vibes have used the outfield as a parking lot, as a drive-in theater, showing movies on their big on their big screen. Smart. Their baseball field is getting used for something. They've chalked off parking spaces that don't actually appear to be six feet apart. But the but they're using the big screen in the outfield for, for movie nights. And I thought, okay, that was interesting. I was going to bring that to the air a couple weeks ago. And then I saw that this, this week. Mistwood Golf Club in Ro- Romeoville is showing movies Tuesday... <clears throat> Tuesday, either Thursday or Friday, and Saturday, a new film each night in the parking lot with a big screen set up. They have they have apparently, I don't know if they have one or two parking lots. Pre-registration pre-registration is required. The spots are marked off so you have you're socially distanced. You have cost you thirty bucks for a parking spot, along with a bucket of popcorn and two beverages, or fifty bucks for a parking spot with two buckets of popcorn and four beverages. This week they're showing Jurassic Park, Ferdinand, and Office Space. That's great. Yeah, that's resourceful. I I love that idea. I love the way their their, show starts at 7.45, but it's not really... Parking lot's open at 7.45, and it, it won't get dark for another... When does it get dark? Not till after 9 these days. I don't know when they yeah, start the movie. Yeah, it's... They're very extended light here in our, our fair city. Yes, today the is way, actually the summer solstice. This is the longest daylight of the year today. The solstice. Well, everybody, everybody who tunes in Saturday to Saturday Suckage believes it's always the longest day of the year. <laughs> we, thank, we, get we, 15, thank them. we get over 15 hours. I think it's 15 hours and nine minutes of daylight today. Oh, my God. Give, give or take, approximately, huh, studs? No, that was All like right. a weather person tweeted that out this morning. And I, and that's where I got my information from. So I have a I credible source. I, I actually don't know that we need that much sunlight. I mean, there's got to be a night, you know, when the night falls. I mean, that, well, that's... wait for the winter solstice when we have nine hours of daylight. By the way, isn't the am I right? And maybe you could look this up for us, Trash Panda. Do AMC theaters open in Chicago on July 15th? Did I hear that correctly? Would that be part of Phase Four? I believe they're planning to open, but they uh. Well, look, well, because they had that this whole thing come out this week where they said that yeah, we're gonna open and we're not gonna require masks, and then everyone's yeah, the like, idiot, whoa, hold idiots. on a second, <laughs> and, and so, so they what? had to they had to rescind that and say, yeah, oh yeah, we were we, we yeah we're gonna have to ask everyone to wear masks. Oh, good God, right? Yeah, read the room, guys. The idiot, the idiot CEO. Yeah. I don't know what he was thinking, what he's worried about. I don't, and I don't know. You know what? The one thing I've worried about is planes, air recirculation. I don't know what the HVAC is like at movie theaters. It never occurred to me. All that occurs to me is I always end up sitting under a fan, and it bothers me. And then I got to move. <laughs> but I don't. I, I don't know what their their air circulation system is like. I, I feel much better going to a drive-in. I, 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 that's what I would. That's the way I'd go about it. And speaking of yeah. trash panda. Why don't you give us, we have two Trash Panda updates in Trash Panda Corner. we got to be able to get this sponsored, don't we? I mean, there's got to be some somebody who wants to to 
be a sponsor of Trash Panda Corner. So why don't we give them some content, studs? Okay, where do you want to start? I, I just, whatever updates you have from the home front, because okay. that seems to be where it all emanated. I have I have a second item that I'll share afterwards, but it okay. can't possibly compete with what you're going to share <laughs> with us. Okay, so I I was talking to my mom this week. I called her for something completely unrelated. I was I wanted to update her on my car that I've been getting worked on after it has had various problems in the last year. So I'm finally getting it worked on. But anyway, I called her to update her on that. And we talked about everything from that to the the apparent war that they have going on with, I'm not sure if it's one raccoon on the property or what, but I mean, they've been putting, they, they put a trail cam out to find, cause I guess that thing's been getting up on the porch and has been eating the mice poison that they leave outside of the house, like around the, the area there to, to keep try to keep mice away so mm. it's in apparently it's it's fine with the mice poison which you know that poison is designed to kill much smaller animals so i it's not shocking to me and so they put a trail cam out to see when it's actually coming around the house and it's like like wow. two in the morning so it's after everyone's gone to sleep so they haven't even been able to attempt to really you know do what we normally do down there which is just shoot the damn thing so <laughs> <laughs> And so they haven't been yeah. able to do that. And my mom, I believe, is listening right now. So, hi, mom. Yeah. Hi, hi, mom. Alice. I, hi, Alice. Good to talk to you. I, I just, it's really, I mean, the premeditated murder of raccoons, though. I, I just. <laughs> well, I they're assaulting know. the property. Uh, yeah. You have to solve what, what the problem. See, here's the thing. You have to solve the problem. There's what? The, there's no really other way to solve the problem. You can trap it and take it back to the woods. It's just going to come back. Mark, you've you've been a part of this since we, since I brought up the floor the the trash panda, nicknamed the Rocket City Trash Pandas minor league team, and then we found out a whole new world of trash panda, an actual world thanks to studs, and dad who stands inside the house and fires at the raccoons out the window, and now mom's listening and providing updates on actual trash pandas. Now you've listened to studs walk us through all this. Tell me that this trash panda that the Studzinskis are fighting with down there isn't the gopher from Caddyshack. <laughs> and tell oh, me that's actually that a we're really not going to get we're not going to get dynamite blowing up the entire town by the uh, time by the time the show ends this summer. That's Except a really good that's, that's are, a really are, good comp Combat. Yeah, their techniques are very 2020, though, if they're <laughs> busting out the spy cam on these guys. So we've got Alice in, it's in Taylorville? Is that where? No, Petersburg. Petersburg, killing it, raccoons. She actually... my parents, my parents, my mom, Jean, Alice, you totally got to meet Jean sometime. Um, they're out there in the western burbs murdering chicks. So I I don't know. I guess I've lived in the city too. I've, I've lived in a concrete jungle way too long to really um, feel good about what's going on. It's a different lifestyle. I guess so. Oh, and, and my mom also texted me when you guys were having your Jaws conversation about when her and my dad went to see Jaws back when when it came out, and apparently my dad was irate about the price of the movie tickets. Said something to the effect of five dollars for a freaking fish show. He didn't use the word freaking. <laughs> 
Five dollars for a freaking fish freaking show. Freaking fish show. Wow. Was Dad packing at the time? Did he shoot the screen? What? <laughs> no. <laughs> you okay, guys, are, you I, guys are allowed to have guns down there, aren't you? No. Anywhere? No, he doesn't oh, carry yeah. a gun around. <laughs> oh, well, really? I don't know, Roy. Yeah, just in the house when he's shooting out the window at trash pandas. All right, there's somebody, a, a gentleman named John Morrison, who's local. He's a local celebrity, and I know that because his Twitter handle is at local celebrity. And his bio says product strategist, designer, and printmaker president, midsummer flight. Anyways, he tweeted out this photo from last night. It says, can confirm that Chicago's lakefront raccoon population is better at social dis distancing than Wrigleyville diners. So in this park are two, four, seven trash pandas snarfling mm. about the ground. And they indeed are better, are, are, are practicing better social distancing than Wrigleyville diners, partiers, than people in and around the city. So. I think the whole trash panda nation is seeming we are we're going to lead this. We're going to have weekly updates because we are trash panda nation, and I think that 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 it's now gaining steam. So we want to thank him for the photograph. And hi, Alice. I want us to make sure you're okay, Alice. We set the precedence on this show, this very yeah, important Saturday we, show. We do. We, we're between suckage and trash pandas. I I don't like to see anybody with a better with a better resume than us. So we'll close, what are you doing, Wagner, with this? TJ Lang, a former Packers lineman, a Lions lineman, I think he's hysterical, he's a great Twitter follow. So this showed up. Just a reminder, and he's right, just a reminder, we all need a good laugh right about now. So what he did was, in this tweet, he tagged former Rams defensive lineman Chris Long, the brother of, of retired Bears and, and Bear hater Kyle Long, and he tells this story, favorite preseason memory, running no huddle against the Rams, 12, meaning Aaron Rodgers, makes an audible at the line of scrimmage, pull, pull, which was power left. Joel 9-1, which is Chris Long, stands up from his defensive end spot and yells, pull, pull these bleeps, Aaron, and the whole line of scrimmage broke out in laughter and we got stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love the idea of a guy standing up, pull this. Yeah, that's awesome. And there's your, there's your play. So we do need a laugh. Thank you, TJ Lang. Thank you yeah, for that. Yeah, man. We'll take a I break. Yeah. yeah, what? You wish? No, I was going to say, I wish the Packers would do that play against the Bears, but go on. Yeah. Right. Uh, we'll take a break when we come back. Uh, Mark, we've kind of found out a, the price of sucking in a particular sport so mm. and that's appropriate for saturday suckage so we'll discuss that steve rosen lou mark Rody, chicago sports radio 670 the score welcome in welcome back steve rosen with mark Rody with you chicago sports radio 670 the score we are broadcasting live from the Hyundai studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. We thank Hyundai for continuing to stand by a sports station when there's not any actual sports. Although, today there is, and it's on the score. Live sports on the score. You'll get that today at 
and the score begins coverage of the Belmont Stakes. Again, bet it all on Secretariat. That's the way I would do it. Okay. I don't know. I don't know what the number is on them, but I'd do that. Um, the Tech Zone brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at RosenHyundai.com. And, and they, we were pointed out the first summer blockbuster was The Exorcist, which mm. I don't know. I don't know. That's 1967, 68, something like that. Um, and as we were talking about last... No, that texter corrected himself. That came out on Christmas, 1973. Well, that's summer down under, isn't it? Isn't that Australia's summer blockbuster? I guess so. Right? Southern Hemisphere. Was that released in Australia at the time, though? I, I don't know. Uh, was it one a of the only movies that... Island? Well, yeah. uh, one of the only movies that still scares me every time I watch it. The Exorcist. Really? The Talk Exorcist? about hold it. Talk, yeah, man. Doesn't scare you? Um, no, I guess not, because I asked you that in that tone of voice. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of <laughs> condescending. I don't know that that was necessary, <laughs> the way you asked that. I, it wasn't. Yeah. I apologize. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, welcome, I mean, welcome like... Welcome to WSCR yeah. therapy. I apologize. Yeah, um, yeah. All right, so we have a couple other responses in last episode. We were talking about greatest PI guy, and we we're talking about James Garner and Humphrey Bogart. 773 suggests Lemuel Stimson. Stinson of the Bears, greatest PI. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lemuel I love that. Stinson, man. Yeah. He was a he was a great talker. Remember Lemuel oh, sure. Stinson? Lemonhead. Like he'd, he'd always give you something. Like he yeah. he talked like a he talked like a an all pro, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, studs. We had another texter who suggests salting the property is how you get rid of raccoons. Is that a trash panda antidote? I've never heard that one before, but I guess my mom followed up and said they've been spraying ammonia in various areas, and that seems to be working. Well, apparently not. You're, well, how is it working? You just they keep this showing was, up she at two just, in the morning. She just texted me that. Okay. All right. When we went to break, we talked. I talked about the the price of sucking, and so the NBA is trying to set up this bubble, and we'll get to that later. But for now. The bubble doesn't include the bulls, which is kind of karma for idiocy. Because there are a lot of chances for the bulls to become good. Now, as we saw, Laurel and Paxson bungled it, and coaches, players, and management exhorted the spirit of the basketball Bevington on the sideline right now, and, and still is, which is just unbelievable. And the bulls sucked and sucked and sucked. And now, because of the the virus, the delayed decision, and which still might be delayed, the way things are playing out, no no real answer for the teams that don't the twenty two the the non twenty two the eight the the lousy eight that are going to not play. So they might go nine months without playing in actual games, which of course would make the Bulls worse, and they would deserve it. You could say, you know, they've earned it. The league's looking out for itself. Contending teams get to play. They get to, they, they're dealing with a plague. Nobody's ever seen it. They're ad-libbing as the best they can. They're trying to make the best of it. They've expanded the playoffs. But in good conscience, conscience they couldn't expand to the point where they actually let the Bulls in. They can't let the Bulls stay, sit at the adult table. So I told them to stay 
Stay home, sit down, watch the good teams. Watch the smart teams. The price of sucking is what the Bulls might be getting if they don't play for nine months. What do you think? Yeah, I didn't think of it that way, but it makes makes sense. Like, mathematically, that makes sense. What I'm more concerned about right now is the time that they have to evaluate and make a fast decision on Jim Boylan and not miss out on some head coaching prospects. It alarmed me yesterday when I saw the headline that the New York Knicks will interview Ime Oduka for their head coaching job. And it alarmed me because that's my guy. That's the guy I would like to see the Bulls eventually hire to be their head coach and assistant with Philadelphia, played for Popovich, uh, coached with Popovich. Players love him, 42 years old, you know, seven-year career. Never has been a head coach, but he fits all the qualifications for for somebody that this regime, Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley, would want. So that's what concerns me more than anything right now is getting going on getting that coach in and then starting to see what these guys, the new basketball Bulls powers, what they think of the players that they have now. That's what I am that's what I'm anxious about. I I'm okay with not seeing the Bulls play for the next nine months. I'm good. I'm good. Um, but I, I would like to see some movement as far as a decision on the head coach and not miss out on other candidates. So I, I read the same, you know, in the same conversation arena about the Bulls moving slowly and Arturis and more. And I was a, your guy uh, has worked My with guy. Mark Eversley. They were together in Philadelphia. So yes. They would, be, they would have a relationship there. Um, if you have to believe if it was so important that he is that guy, that he become that guy, that he becomes Jim Boylan's replacement, that that would be in place already. I believe. I, I don't think Good they're point. standing idly by. They would, they would have made the move. Mark Eversley would passionately say, this is the guy. This has to be the guy. In fact, that the, the idea that the New York Knicks want somebody is reason enough to dismiss him. <laughs> yeah. I think I, that's I the point I don't on have both faith. ends. I don't have faith in, in whatever the Knicks have decided to do, dumb ownership, let Phil Jackson mess stuff up, and and they've just been Isaiah Thomas, they messed stuff up. What what kind of, when's the last time the, the Knicks made a good decision? It's been a long time. And not in this it's really been day since and age yeah, since been since never. What What do you well, think about... Well, no, no, about... they have made good decisions. I, I Look, Van Gundy, after Riley left, I, Van Gundy was... he. I, I think he was a really good coach. Um, and and Riley and whatever he did there, they played. They wanted to play football in shorts and basketball shorts. It was the only way. They didn't have a Jordan. They were never going to do it. They were never going to compete with him unless they went the Detroit Pistons route. But Phil Jackson... Isaiah Thomas, Jeff Hornacek. I mean, if the Knicks are in on a guy, I don't want to be there. So it's a good it, point. It may, it may, it may be totally unfair to the candidate at this point. And maybe Eversley and the candidate have an idea of like we've got a we've got last shot. We got we want you go interview wherever you want. Bring us uh-huh. your best offer, and that could easily be there. But the Knicks would be the last team I'm worried about. They're a dumb team. 
let me run this past you. Am I wrong okay. to have a to have a red flag next to Adrian Griffin for the following reason? Because the two coaches who may have influenced him the most are Tom Thibodeau and Scott Skiles, both of whom he worked with. Obviously, two terrific tactical coaches who speak basketball and fundamentals better than anybody. But I don't think of either of those guys as players, coaches. They're do-it-their-way guys, my way or the highway. And oftentimes, in Scott Skiles' case, he just takes off on the highway and goes away. Those are those are good coaches, but they're drill sergeant types of guys. And I have no idea what Adrian Griffin's demeanor would be, but am I wrong to have a red flag by him just because that's his influence as no, I as think coach? it's I think it's a good point to bring up. And my impression, having seen him, watched him, and, and again, when it's a there's a huge difference between making a suggestion as an assistant and making a decision as a head coach, and that goes for all sports, but. My impression is this, is that as that kind of former player and seeing the, the first thing he, he is, is a, a, a former player with good bench time. I mean, it's, it's good pedigree. He's also somebody who probably relates to a locker room more recently and better than Scott Skiles would have. And who's to say that he totally that he marches totally to that kind of dictatorial tune maybe right. he's a guy who appreciates this has always been my impression he appreciates the offense he knows how valuable it is now and yet if he know he knows the details of playing defense because that's what you're going to have to make a defensive stop somewhere along the way to win a championship and Maybe he, I, I just thought he was a guy who could better marry the two than we saw um, Thibodeau or certainly Skiles do. That's always been my impression. And you could be closer to right than me, but I never thought he was so, so absolute. I never thought he was, he was that kind of Scott Skiles. He certainly got a different personality than both of them, and I think that's a huge help. Being African-American is a huge help. I, so I, I understand the concern, and it might be the case that, that he comes in and says, we're guarding people and we're just going to take all the open-court baskets we can get. I just don't sense that. I, yeah, I think – I hope you're right. I just – I don't know. I mean, we've just seen it so many times. Like Matt Nagy, I mean, he, he speaks Andy Reid, period, the way he deals with offense and defense and off the field and his philosophies on mm-hmm. the preseason and the offseason and, and the bye week. Everything is Andy Reid. So that's just one example of many where a coach will mirror the the guy to whom he looks up and that he coached with. But I, yeah, I would prefer to think that that Adrian Griffin is his his own man. I would just take that into account. And we know, look, Tibbs and Scott Skiles both had, relatively speaking, very big success with the Bulls. I mean, Scott Skiles restored order for sure. Um, mm-hmm. You know, to a franchise that had just hit rock bottom after Jordan he restored order and got them back into the playoffs and had minimal success in them and then we know that Tibbs got to the Bulls to the to the Eastern Conference Finals but it's just that style of guy it just can't it it can't be if Mark Eversley and Arturis Karnaschovas are staying true to what they've said about this being a players team I agree and and they're 
I guess they're weighing all that. I'll give them the, the chance to weigh all that and then make a decision. If they come back with, with Jim Boylan, I'll just say they should be fired because they've, they've, they've been sucking on the stupid gas. There's a leak in the United Center. It needs to be <laughs> fixed. Uh, top of the hour, we'll talk with James Fox, James Fox of Future Sox, Southside Hit Pen. He knows some stuff about the baseball negotiations and uh, how it uh, certainly how it affects the Sox, but just where we are in this whole thing and and the changes. Get his thoughts on the changes baseball wants to put into this carnival, this circus. Uh, but we're going to take a break. When we come back, let's do this week in Sammy Sosa. There's a couple mm. things that uh, I want to talk about. Actually, actually stemming from your tweet, Mark. I thought you nailed it, and we'll talk about that. When we come back, I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mark Rohde, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Oh, my goodness. That's just crossed on my Twitter, on my Twitter machine. Rolling Stone with a story. Prince's Blue Angel Cloud 2 guitar. Sold for at auction, Mark. Do you have any idea how much Prince's Blue Angel Cloud 2 electric guitar would sell for? 700000 563000 That exceeded wow, three auction estimates. No, you weren't. But that's pretty amazing. You were right there. <laughs> Thank you. Overbid. Thank you. All right. Yeah, that's right. Don't, don't, over, <clears throat> uh, don't go over the showcase number. That's pretty amazing. It's a beautiful guitar. It just, of course... Like everything Prince did is, it's just beautiful. Uh, all that, all that's accoutrement. All right, so I thought you nailed it. Last week we were, we and this time we were talking about, in anticipation of uh, long gone summer, what we we're going to get. In fact, we were talking with Bob's, Bob Costas, um, and he was in it and he saw it and where it was and what Sosa might admit what he wouldn't and. I thought you nailed it as the thing concluded or as was concluding, wherein you tweeted out, you don't want to be the doc that follows the Jordan doc because it was yeah. just, what, share your thoughts on that. Yeah, like it, it was bound to be a letdown no matter what, just because of the hype surrounding Jordan and that it was week after week and it built up to this climax. And this just 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 based on that even if this had been good it would have been a letdown and the problem was it wasn't even good so it was a huge letdown now of course as soon as i tweeted that out i did get i did get much support but there was a few people who had to poke holes in the theory because well the lance armstrong one came out after that i'm like ones that we actually cared about ones that we here in chicago right we're going to be very interested in and there there was apparently one on bruce lee too so i i the, the spirit in which I, I made the tweet was ones that we were anticipating around here. And yes, you don't want to be the doc that follows the Jordan doc. I stand by it. I, I think people understood it. And those that didn't would probably require a good amount of um, C4 to loosen their rectums from their currently locked <laughs> state. So I, That's I, harsh, I, do, man. I do get that. Um, so, you know, as Bob Costas told it, told us, you know, when they... Why do they, Sosa says, why do they worry about me when pretty much everybody in that era did steroids, which is pretty much an admission of steroids. And yet, while you you see Mark McGuire, welcome back. Well, he admitted what he did. Uh, Barry Bonds was welcome back to the Giants. 
um, you know, it was court order him to admit what he did. And then after the dock last week, Sosa told Sosa, uh, Scott Van Pelt, I believe time will hear everything. My case is not a hard case to look at. I believe that in the near future, somebody, a new owner, somebody will bring me back to the Cubs. Mm. So let me, because Sosa's alleged steroid use, it's seemingly incontrovertible with the growth of the size of his head. Since that and his tacit admissions and the fact that he was on the list that the New York Times reported of failed drug tests uh, back in the day, if you're looking for new ownership, because it happened on Tribune's time, not Ricketts' ownership, and Ricketts' ownership is the one refuses to bring him back unless he fesses up to stuff, wouldn't Ricketts have been the fanboy ownership that would have brought him back because it wasn't on his, it wasn't his problem? Don't you think he would have been a perfect owner and here he's not doing it? I thought the same thing. That would be logical. He he was never hurt by Sammy Sosa. The players, those weren't his players. Those weren't his managers. Nothing. So, yeah. I mean, and we do know that he his love for former Cubs players like, you know, Ryan Sandberg. I just think it's comical that all he needs to do is say sorry and everything is okay. I wish life really worked that way. Like he, it, he actually, they're, they're actually saying you really, you really didn't do anything wrong as long because if you say sorry, it's all okay. But sorry for for what? There would need to be an extended conversation. What is he saying sorry for? That right. would be and he doesn't have admission. to admit that. He doesn't have well, to. you know. I'm, but what's he saying sorry for? How do you apologize for something for which you are not? specifically stating uh, so true and you know what i would say this like everybody benefited from that the, the steroids time the baseball owners and you know you wanted to narrow it down to the to the cubs and the cardinals they both the cubs benefited the fans benefited media benefited everybody mm-hmm. benefited so to like blackball sammy sosa it, i mean from from the team I think is misplaced because we're all still here we're all still here we are indeed we are indeed all right we'll take a break when we come back we will talk with oh by the way here's an update because we we talked we started the show with this as we we watched COVID-19 sweep through sports and it got two Buccaneers two Buccaneers players have tested positive for the novel coronavirus according to uh, ESPN's Adam Schefter. So mm. everybody's every, everybody's getting it, and boy, it's all over Florida, and I just don't, I don't know how sports happens. But baseball's talking like it's going to happen. Baseball's trying to negotiate. Maybe, maybe they're going to vote. Maybe they aren't. They got some ideas for some wackadoodle things they're going to bring to the to the field if they ever get on the field. We'll discuss that with James Fox of Future Sox next. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mark Grody. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. 
Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.